check this out. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> his uh, keychain matches his eyes. That's awesome. Not his keychain. I, I mean his um. His oh little, uh, his uh. Find me if I get lost, chain. You know. That's what yeah, I that. <laughs> his tag. His tag. His tag. His little, yeah. his little kitty tag. <laughs> there you go. So that what you see right there is what we're gonna have digitally. <laughs> it's just like, Actually, like the idea is as old as time, but <laughs> we're gonna get tagged. Yeah, and then someone's going to be like, you know what? We're all animals, so of course. <laughs> thank you for reminding me. I mean, we are, but thanks we for... We are, right? <laughs> Someone, someone's going to make that argument, and it's going to be true, so... I just hope, I, I, hope, I hope I'm not a dumb one who's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, you're right, we you're are so... animals. Oh my god. We <laughs> should have tags. We should. Yeah. I'm getting one now. Oh, and get color coded too. Awesome. Exactly. Can customize yeah. Customize it. But, That's uh, how they get us. Yeah, when you're able to personalize it. Oh, man. Can I personalize my um my ID on my finger? My yeah, basically. I want mine to say hello to me every morning. <laughs> you um, probably wow, have we're so option. we're so gullible, man. We're so gullible. <laughs> all right, moving forward. This is the chill Austin that we've all been waiting for. Because you've been chill throughout the whole thing. I think I got you up there a little bit of like two seconds, but yeah. which is a very hard thing, mind you. But Amelia doesn't get mad. It's like <laughs> I'm chill. It's I'm pretty chill. hard to boil her her, her, her water. Um, you recently had an internship. I want maybe if you can, can you share that with people? Is that too private? No, no, that's not private. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah, I did have an internship. I was interning. Bill Gates, I, right? You're with the yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe I didn't want to mention his name. Now, <laughs> now I'm joking. Kim's uh, joking. No, I was interning for like a small photography magazine, and mm-hmm. I mean, ironically, I was writing for them. <laughs> but that was my internship. I did it for a few months. It was pretty cool. I actually am thinking about the fact that I would have really enjoyed doing that as a remote thing, and I ended my internship right before quarantine started. I remember. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I just wrote about, I mean, different things. It was like, hey, there's this exhibit at this museum. Go check it out. See if it's worth writing about. Or like, hey, there's this photographer that's doing this cool thing. See if you want to like talk to them and write about something or mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's like art-related stuff, but specifically photography-related stuff. Mm-hmm. And um do you remember the one with the whale they're like what the whale remember the whale the whale what whale oh shoot i remember you don't oh what whale i got it the whale okay let me set <laughs> let me set the scene let me set the scene an artist yeah. uh-huh. um their their um gallery was based on how to make deaf art arts out of death Sir, sir, what whale are you talking about? You have to be, are you talking about the butterflies? It might be part of the same gallery. Okay, so if you're talking about the same thing that I think you're talking about, because it was my favorite thing to write about, Mm -hmm. is this photographer named Vic Muniz, who had a gallery in Chelsea, Mm -hmm. and, or he had an exhibit in a Chelsea gallery, and he his whole show basically revolved around uh, the fire that had happened in Brazil for their national museum, right? Mm-hmm. And how, you know, it basically burnt everything to a crisp. I mean, not everything, but a lot of very valuable cultural historical things. Mm-hmm. And he, that museum was very important to him uh, just because growing up, he would go there and, you know, he, he was a frequent visitor. And just knowing that that was such a cultural staple and like basically their largest cultural institution and that it was suddenly gone, he he just like couldn't reconcile that, right? So him being the artist that he is decided, I'm gonna figure out a way to try to keep it alive in some way, which seems weird, right? Something is burnt to a crisp. How on earth are you gonna keep that alive? But he's a photographer and he's an artist and he's creative and a smart man. So 
he basically contacted all of the people working um, on collecting the ashes from this horrible fire. And um, he was, he offered himself up as a volunteer to help them through like this rubble, just help them. But then realized slowly that because he is an artist, he can use the ashes of the things that were burned to recreate them just on paper, right? He, he'd be, it'd be like the bones of this ancient butterfly and he'd just recreate it using the rocks and the ashes of what used to be, you know, the actual like ancient mm. butterfly or whatever helped. There you so go. Now, you, you summed it up very elegantly more than what I did. Um, yes, so that's beautiful. what I'm referring to. And I think one yeah. of the pieces was a, a whale, a, an ancient whale or something like that. In okay. The, in the mix. That was the one I was interested in, okay? Oh my gosh, man. I, No, 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 I'm like, I'm <laughs> trying so hard because I think I just logged so many You've seen a lot. in my head. You've seen a lot. But yes, you, you got it. That's the, that, that's the person that you're, yeah, we were talking about. Because I remember, the, yeah. I remember the, the museum aspect being part of it. Yeah, but that was amazing, though. That was, that was yeah. beautiful how you could still bring life to something that's not no, no longer there. And I, I think that's a, the most nicest way to honor something. Um, yeah and why not like art? Yeah. A, a way to preserve right it's mm -hmm. just a very creative way to preserve and just like beautiful in that because I mean it wasn't the actual thing like it wasn't the actual butterfly mm -hmm. but it still was because he made it a point to use the literal ashes of that butterfly you know yeah that's deep <laughs> it's just like this I don't know this like transformation it's like beautiful transformation yeah it makes me wonder when, I, when, when you told me about that that particular exhibit that you um exhibited um that's just horrible <laughs> you tried <laughs> uh, morgan would be very upset at me uh <laughs> did not ground oh, my reader plug, morgan can we talk about morgan Let's talk about Morgan. Let's talk about Morgan. But can we share who Morgan is to us? Um, just on a physical level, and then I guess we can get abstract with it. Morgan he's not a professor. The, Morgan is the perfect, though. He's the perfect example of the person who actively tries to go against every single thing we just talked about for the last hour. Like, he's the person who, like, still has the flip phone, who's like, no, I will not subscribe to that thing because I do not want my information on it. I think he's the closest I know in current 2020 life. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't come off like a hippie, though. He doesn't come off like a new age, like, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't give me the vibe like he's full of shit. Like, yeah, I, he, right, like right. he whips out his foot flow. He's serious about his foot flow. Like, He's serious. That's just yeah. his life. That's mm -hmm. his. Why would he ever have to upgrade? The foot phone is. Right. So, for context, um, I won't say Professor Morgan. I'll just say Morgan. Because yeah. Morgan does not like to be called a professor, y'all. He's a. Uh, he, he would instruct us. We had a writing course um, that changed my life. I know it's probably affected your life, too, in a positive way. And uh, this is back in Hunter, um, uh, maybe what a year ago. I, would, I may, I'm a little, might be a little off, but a year ago yeah. possibly. Mm -hmm. And uh, Amelia had the luxury of taking his class multiple times for different different courses. And um, I was just blessed enough to have one. And <laughs> I, I I will still remember to this day, and I'll share why it's important. It's important. <laughs> in in conclusion. <laughs> in conclusion. It's it's important because he taught me. Not only do you ground your reader, he had these he had these really straightforward bulletin points about what to do when you're writing kind of thing. And he we would have different readings to explain some of this stuff. And I remember one of them was um like who uh a murder you can maybe help me out, I'm murdering this right now. But I what I what stuck out the most for me was ground your reader. Um the other thing was the different ways you can be the speaker. Um like who's the speaker, what, what who's speaking. Yeah. Is it, the, is it the older you, the younger you? Is it the present you? Yeah. Is it an abstract figure? You know, who is it? Langston Hughes. Yeah, it's like all the different voices that could be present in a, in a reading that I think we take for granted, right? Because mm -hmm. even when you're you writing so, yeah. about something that happened in your past, 
that's automatically two different voices right there because it's your you as you now but then you're also you trying to remember what it was like being that past person yeah um, absolutely yeah and then and to add on to that there's other stuff i'm missing a lot but the, the other thing was uh, when we did when we did readings remember when we had the circle and we would read everyone's stuff and everyone had feedback yeah. he made it so easy for us to be uh objectional it's so easy to stay away from this is good this is bad and really highlight okay why is it good why is it bad okay mm -hmm. here's the feedback now you do what you want to do with it like you take ownership of that right and yeah. i felt like i think a lot of writing courses do the circle um they do the circle paleology but for me it's like he took it to a whole nother level like he took it to the level where i actually realized i was i learned a lot about myself just by writing in this particular way um, oh spots that's what he called them right spots spot observations spot observations which i thought was an amazing thing which most writers do anyway whether it's naturally or by purpose right if you're trying yeah. to get information out of something but um, naming it really helps it does help naming because it. yeah it does help yeah so spots, um, you want to share with spots for everybody? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so basically, spot observation, it's, it's almost, it's, it's almost um, exactly at the title, right? Because you're supposedly in, in the moment, right? Focusing on one spot of whatever you're looking at. So like mm -hmm. right now, I could be focusing on, you know, the, the number four key on my keyboard, or I could be focusing on the reflection of me oh, like in your glasses you know like i could <laughs> yeah i can choose any one one of those spots and then make an observation on it as many observations observations as i can that are wholly objective and just like wholly true right so you want to you want to take opinion out of it you want to take feeling out of it you just want to write down in any way you feel comfortable what am i looking at i'm looking at Austin but I'm looking at Austin's glasses and in his glasses I see like a green tint and I'm looking at the reflection in his glasses right you want to take as many details as you can so that eventually maybe you can look back in this little journal that you have full of spot observations right there um, and think like okay what are the things that I've paid attention to now you think like, why, why was I so inclined to stare at the reflection in Austin's glasses? Was it just because, you know, it was shiny and I got distracted or is it because of some, something deeper? Like, can I take this any place deeper than, than just the observation, right? Can I take it some, someplace meaningful? Um, and it was just, it was just pretty cool because now you have all the details that you'd need to ground a reader, right? In these like very physical, objective, uh, like visual truths about the thing you were looking at. And then now your like future writer self can incorporate all of the feeling, all of the meaning, all of the story that might come into that or like, yeah, come out of that. So. And I remember he gave us, he gives assignments, right? Go to a body of water, right? That was one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> He's like, go to a body of water. Just see what happens. It could be any body of water. It could be the pond in Central Park. It could be the Hudson River. Like, just go. See what happens. Just go, just go. See what happens. And yeah. it's, it's funny when you put yourself in that situation, you're, you're like, all right, well, let's, let's see what happens, right? And you want to come up with some really deep yeah. stuff right you think of like oh my god my childhood or, or my political views <laughs> you know you start figuring out like a little little more about yourself because that problem yeah and morgan's the type of dude that um i gotta get him on the podcast i'm just too nervous though i'll be honest with you like you're nervous I, I talk to him and i feel like i get lost like I, I like not lost but i feel like i can't i can't talk to someone who's that you know what i mean like i feel like he's <laughs> you're like he is holy you know what it is? Because when I, the first day in class, the first yeah. day of our class, he's like, you guys said, Austin! I remember like, you being super, yeah. I was super were, shy. I didn't super, know you were there, right? I was yeah. like, really? I felt like I got punked, right? And then he's like, yeah. oh, I guess you know them. And yeah, then ever yeah, since yeah. then, he knew that we were together in the writing center. And he's always like, 
like slightly picked on me because it's like yeah. he Crack knows that yeah in a good way yeah like remember that yeah. time there was like oil on the floor or something or oh my lotion? god it was like austin <laughs> is the only good person here austin is the only one who went out of his way and he's just staring at me he's like wow to clean up someone else's mess you really got so, and he's literally just there. yeah that that was funny was but you did help me i remember you got he got on the floor too and you helped me wipe up. Yeah, bit. yeah. And then he started picking on me and he was like, Oh look, she came into the game like really late. Now she's just like is doing it for He was there. Like, that's how it. he is. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, but what are you doing? <laughs> he did a great job though. He's like, Oh, I know yeah. everyone else is just staring. <laughs> yeah, this is awkward. Yeah. But look it's at him go. Funny, yeah. yeah. I under no, I totally get like the He was making a point though. Of like yeah. not being like feeling almost like weirdly intimidated by this person right yeah, yeah. but i in a good way yeah. i have to say like i don't i don't i get it but i also don't remember that feeling because i like since i made it such a big point in my college education mm. to take like basically any class that he offered <laughs> i just like became so comfortable with talking to him, became so comfortable with like his teaching style, his personality in and outside of class, like yeah. just so comfortable with it. So I don't know. You want me to talk to him for you? Or we could just I mean, we <laughs> three, do, three way Zoom. It should be a three way Zoom at this point. I <laughs> three mean, way Zoom. I, I personally would feel like we would get so much out of it. Cause you have quite, cause you and him, you see, this is, this is why I'm intimidated. Cause you and him have a lot more, like shared knowledge about certain topics than I do and for me I always feel like that kid like the younger brother who's always like looking through the legs like can I play oh my. can I play because that's how I feel yeah um, but with you should write about that that sounds I should, good I should write about that sounds that. like some deep-seated stuff how Morgan makes me feel like a kid like a good yeah. way though like he makes right. me he makes me curious in life. He makes me like uh, have more like love in this world. I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. Like taking yeah. that class, I felt so alive. I felt like I like writing doesn't have to be this depressing state of mind. You know, it doesn't have to be like I need to become an alcoholic to become a great writer kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's more of like, yo, you got a lot of work to do, and this is how you can do it. I'm like, yeah. yo, this is like the greatest gift anyone's ever given me. Like, this is amazing. I mean, I paid for it, like, but still. <laughs> writing is hard. It has hard always work. been hard. It will always be, be hard. hard. Yeah. But he put it in a way that... I can breathe. Like, like it, he, he like made me feel like this is a trade. At the end of the day, this is a trade, right? It's hard, mm -hmm. but because it's a trade, that means I can do all the things yeah. necessary to try to perfect the trade i can mm -hmm. practice i can do these you know exercises just yeah. um and when you think about it in that way it, it becomes very reachable right it's something that you can acquire because it is a trade and you can teach yourself how to do something if you put enough work and dedication into it right if you want to enough you can do it because it's just a trade and um, i learned that from all the readings he had um we, we we read some prominent writers, but there were some writers I'd never heard of, like the book that we read, the short story. Um, yeah. Uh, my, oh. Yes, my life. My childhood. Some, my childhood. Yes, I, I, I'm so forgetting good. the person's name at this point, but he's a Russian writer, right? Mm -hmm. And he, you know, this is one of his main. It was autobiography. Yeah. And Chomsky is that? Chomsky, possibly. Tom Maybe I'm making that up. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> We're just putting a ski at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember he showed us every page was the same thing. And when you read it the first time, I didn't notice it. And he's like, look, who's talking here? Who's talking there? Who's talking here? Dialogue. Yeah. And then he'll go into like, like, that's what you said. Like writing is going to be hard. It's always going to be hard. But why make it harder? Like, if you know that this is what they're doing to write, and how many times yeah. did that person rewrite that? Like, remember he was talking about, like, Langston Hughes, who's saying, like, to write this one piece took him, like, years to write? Mm -hmm. And to think about that, right? Like, what do we spend years on in this instant gratification world that we live in? Yeah. What do you spend years if doing? I spent the same amount of time writing as I did, like, scrolling on Instagram, mm -hmm. I would have, like, 20 books by now. Like, I, it's, it's just, like, <laughs> you have to make the conscious decision to apply your time to mm -hmm. those things right so like 
just like he cares enough about writing to wake up at like five in the morning to start his day and practice his writing you have to do the same kind of thing in order to get anywhere right it, it is a feasible thing do you ever feel empty when you don't write do you ever feel like you're missing something in your life when you're not writing or doing something you love that is oh like a hundred percent i i think like at the beginning of quarantine mm-hmm. i had this perspective of like i have to be super productive because now we have all this time what else am i going to do with it if not invested into the things that i kept saying that i would do but didn't do because i didn't have time Time. right uh and so in the beginning of quarantine i felt like i felt pretty good about the stuff i was doing i felt really good about the photos that i was taking i felt really good about the writing that i was doing and then slowly because of how long lockdown was getting and because it just felt like it never was going to end, right? Mm-hmm. And it still technically hasn't, right? Because, yeah, you can go outside, but life life was never the same as before March 13th, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because of that, I think that I've slipped back into this, like, well, now I can just be fine with myself being lazy about certain things again. <laughs> because this is just, like, how life has always been, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I don't feel like something's missing. Like I actively try to find things that will force me to write or force me to take a picture or force me to read in order to compensate for the fact that for some reason I'm not doing it on my own. Like I'm not getting up at six in the morning to start, you know, my like writing exercises. And I actually, I found a really cool thing um, that again, haven't done a great job at keeping up with it, but that that's just like a pacing thing like you go at your own pace i truly believe that right mm-hmm. but it's it's really neat i found it on instagram there's a writer a prominent figure on instagram her name is Suleika. i i hope i'm not trashing her name i can send you her page but okay. she basically started this really cool thing called the isolation journal and she started it at the beginning of quarantine because she too felt this this need to to have something make her write, right? Mm-hmm. And decided I'm gonna share it with my large audience on Instagram because she has a ton of followers, right? And a ton mm-hmm. of people who are interested in writing and reading and all this. And so basically what she was doing was just a hundred days of uh, a different writer that she knew or a different artist in some capacity providing uh, a prompt for people to just journal um so it's like you know like think of think of something that you uh think of a song that reminds you of something and like quickly jot down what it reminds you of with the song do that like five times and then when you're done with that choose one of those to make into like a whole paragraph with like more details more you know more story more stuff like that and it would always it was really it's really cool because you subscribe to it right you you subscribe to it, you get it in your email uh, every single morning, same time every morning, a different artist like sending you like, this is today's prompt. And it was just like a really cool thing to have because even though I haven't done it consistently, like one prompt every day, I have all of those prompts to do like according to my own pacing, right? So even if I've only done like six, which I've, so I've done you've still more. done more than me. <laughs> <laughs> I've still like I still have this thing to do to fall to fall back on almost. Mm-hmm. I don't know this thing to to start because that's the hardest part, right? It's just to start to like yeah. make yourself do it. To get past the procrastination, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was really cool and like really cool also to just read why the different artists were providing the prompts that they were because it was also usually very deeply rooted in their own just like life experiences right mm-hmm. so like it'd be you know like a, a musician specifically providing that prompt about like well what songs remind you of like a specific time about you know whatever um what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> i was trying to be incognito about it like, that is it's impossible to do mm-hmm. because we're on screen <laughs> i was like maybe she wouldn't see me uh, <laughs> <laughs> I heard some noise. That's why I didn't want to like disrupt. Uh, 
I mean, I, I want to distract you anyway, apparently. So. That's totally fine. I'm, I'm easily distracted. No, but this is this is a good point that you raised up. These isolation journals have given us a sense of community. Like when we need it the most. You need community every day, but yeah. like especially during hard times, you need that sense of like, oh man, I'm not it's not just me doing these journals. Oh oh look, this is oh this is a different prop I could do. This one looks fun. And that's yeah. the whole thing. Like I wanted to write where I felt the butterflies, you know, I wanted to feel mm. excited to pick up that pen or the or to type something down. And the moment where I don't feel that, I just put it away. And I come yeah. back to it like the next day. I keep I keep conditioning myself to do that. Um, yeah. So even though it takes me, even though I get frustrated that it's taking me forever to write something, when I think about like what we just said about Morgan and the class and links to use taking years to write this one piece and getting feedback from all the other great writers, mm-hmm. like for me, it's like, it's like, yo, this is part of it. You got to enjoy it. It's, it's like that yeah. ancient saying, be in the moment, you know, and yeah. I, I can't tell you how important that is for this day and age to be in the moment. And because listen, I'm a type of person who's always fascinated about future, always thinking about what's happening in 10 years, what's happening in five years, what's this about? I, you know, I, I've always, I've always kind of been like that where I'm always kind of like, my time is occupied about what happens in the future. And yeah. as I got older, it was like, you got to be here for the moments because you, you, certain moments you'll never get again. Like if, mm-hmm. if I'm no longer 27 anymore, I'm never going to get that moment of being 27 again. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. or, or moving in for the first time, you know, or, you know, or different like goals in your life or different like points in your life, not goals. I would say like little points in your, in your, in your, yeah. in your life. And you, you got to be in the moment, you know, sometimes I feel like we're missing out or we feel like, like we're yeah. not doing enough, but we really are doing a lot. If you think about it, um, I think we're, we're doing, doing so much, so yeah. much shit. It's like that's why we're so distracted half the time. Like you said, we spend more time scrolling than doing our writing or whatever the case may be. And yeah. let's be fair, it's addicting, and we are addicts to some degree. Where it's like I gotta know what's going on. I have to stay relevant. I have to um, post something because if I don't post and no one watches the podcast and no one likes podcasts then I can't make a living off. You know, it's like, it's all these, like, first of all, I didn't get into this for, for that reason anyway. But if I, if, if, if I do make something out of it, like I'm not going to complain about it. I'm going to be like, that's great. But I also yeah. don't want to become a slave to it. I, you know, yeah. I don't want to become the slave to my art where I, I feel like hating it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't want to hate my art. No, by no means. It's also, it's really hard for me to reconcile the fact that like I want I want those <laughs> I want those the butterflies as you say right when I'm writing the thing like I want that feeling because that feeling tells me I feel good about what I'm doing I maybe I feel good about what I'm writing um I'm excited right to to do this thing but it's hard to reconcile the fact that in order to get to the place where you want to be in that thing, in that medium, then you also have to be a part of the days where it's not fun to do it. You have to, you have to sit down and be like, mm-hmm. I hate everything I just wrote. Uh, I don't even want to do this right now, but yeah. you but cannot live your life yeah. just with the days of like, oh, this feels good. I like what I'm exactly. doing, right? That's where, that's where Morgan's that. stuff comes in. Like, if you want to be a professional writer, that's where Morgan's techniques come in to, like, make that shit streamline yeah. it a little easier. Because you know us as artists, we're like, I'm not in the mood. <clears throat> yeah. I don't feel like talking about that right now. It's, yeah. a, it's a discipline. Like, you yeah. need to teach yourself discipline. Just like, yeah. like how anything you taught else. yourself to raise your hand in, in class when you were in middle school. Like, it's the same thing. It's just discipline. Exactly. But that's the yeah. thing, though. Like, there's so many ways of achieving this discipline nary mm-hmm. attitude lifestyle and it's really a lifestyle and yeah. you, you notice that everything in your life asks for your time to some degree it asks for your your attention right mm-hmm. and a lot of our attention goes to where it it gets favored the most right like for us some people might really do everything family 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 I mean, that might be like where their attention gets drawn some people do it at their job everything's mm-hmm. about the job right some people do it like via their art everything's about the art but one of the yeah. things that i'm learning here is that it's 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 balance between all those things and also knowing 
like you, you have a certain amount of bandwidth or a certain amount of battery or a certain amount of, I'm sorry, I'm putting this in physical words, but you have a certain amount of energy that you can dispose to each of those, those categories. Um, and, and and it's like, people say, Oh, I'm multitasking. I'm like, for example, I've seen like, I don't want to pick on anybody in particular, but I've seen like mothers or people who are watching kids, they have the phone out, the baby has the phone and they're going Mm -hmm. down the street with like, you know, with the, with the, with the, the baby carriage and I'm thinking like that would have been a really cool moment to like make funny faces to your kid or point something out like hey you see that movie <laughs> over there? you know yeah but instead now that's been replaced with a screen and it's been it's and also the parents too have been um connected to this 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 we have a I, I think what, what we're dealing with here is that we have something distracting us from mm-hmm. from life so like, right now I can't see you but I see everything around it and yeah. I, think, I think we know what's on the other side, but it's like this damn screen is constantly blocking mm-hmm. our, 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 our attention, our, our attention. And it feels like we can't, we don't have time or we don't have um, good disciplinary skills. And I notice a lot of us, especially artists, we get so angry at ourselves. And I always wonder, like, where does that come from? Like, why is there so much anger when it comes down to feeling like, is it because we don't feel good enough? Is it because... We don't feel like we're making a dent. People don't take us seriously. What is yeah. it? You know what I mean? It's just. Oh some... my God. Let's get into this. Okay. Let's do it. Let's talk. Like, what's. You know, it's the artist dilemma. It's like the hunger artist. Yeah. It's like, what? Oh. Why do we do I've been, what we do? Well, so something that I've been thinking about a lot, which, again, like, what else are you going to do during quarantine, but reflect on basically everything you've ever cared about or thought about? Something that I've been thinking about a lot is the like how again like how artists place this responsibility on themselves to do a certain thing or to be a certain way or to produce something right Mm -hmm. but how that's really difficult to think about in terms of um trying trying to see the boundary between okay how much of this is what I want to produce for myself um what I think I should be producing for myself to in order to feel some sort of worth or value and then how much of this is me feeling like I should be producing more because I just so happen to be a part of a society that is telling me I'm not being productive enough or I'm like wasting my time on you know scrolling on Instagram or or something like that right Mm -hmm. and it's it's kind of hard to to take those two things apart because they they constantly exist together right because I'm constantly going to be part of the society that's telling me I'm not doing enough but I'm also constantly me giving myself like deadlines and and applying my own self-worth you know accordingly right according mm-hmm. to the situation and so like that kind of um married with the idea of I don't I don't really think that the arts are as respected as they should be right because because we have such a we have such a tendency to favor practical trades that are going to get you to a specific place and that place is usually money right and security and safety and like how you're supposed to want those things and those are the things that you're always no matter what supposed to be moving towards but how like the arts were never seen as something that could get you there, right? Unless you were some sort of, you know, like fluke incident of, you know, uh, Patti Smith randomly uh, just not giving a shit and doing poetry live, you know, in the East Village. And then suddenly someone realizes like, oh shit, she's an artist. Like, <laughs> let's let's blow her up, you know? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um it's just hard. Like, I think that, I think that everyone, or like a lot of people have this sense of, of like the people who made it, uh, it was almost, almost like it was a miracle or something, you know, we can never see ourselves as, you know, that writer who has all those books, because we're so stuck in the moment of not being that writer and the moment of like, shit, I can't even, get myself down here to to write this journal entry on this one random day we're so far removed 
from the place we want to be, right? That it doesn't seem feasible. It doesn't seem like something that I can reach. But then the other side of that too is that I'm like, this is, this might be a trippy thing to think about. Okay, I, I warn, I warn thee. Okay. <laughs> okay, so like we exist in a way, right? Or we, we exist in a time and a society that is always telling you to set goals, right? Set goals. Um, and goals are really good because it gives you something to look forward to because it gives you uh, a like reachable, feasible, almost tangible date for you to complete something, right? Or for you to, you know, be somewhere that you can now potentially envision. But I never, I never see someone talking about the other side of goals where it's like, I, I feel like goals also promote this constant dissatisfaction with our current state. Because every time that I create a goal for myself, I'm also reminding myself that I'm not, I'm not there. And so like, I should, since I should be actively working to be there, then currently I am dissatisfied. Currently, like, I don't like what's going on in life, right? But then the other thing about goals is that we're technically never in the future, right? You're never going to stop making goals for yourself. And that's a goal is always going to be in the future. It's forward time, right? But when you reach it, that's the present, you're done. And now you're already thinking of the next thing that you want. And suddenly you're dissatisfied again suddenly like you reaching that goal was like a minute of joy and and you're thinking of the next thing because because we're just mm -hmm. we're conditioned to create these posts for ourselves in order to keep moving forward mm -hmm. um but you shouldn't let this like forward movement this progression keep you from potentially enjoying just like standing still right mm -hmm. uh or so just like maybe you broke up something, you broke up language earlier on, like an hour ago, and I found a way to yeah. pull it, pull it back, to fish it out again, hmm. and I hope I don't mess this up. All right, so <laughs> you were talking about language, we were talking about 1984, we are talking about language, we are talking about, and you just said something that really that kind of like nailed it for me, um, forward, the word forward. Right, this is gonna be trippy too. If anybody wants to tune out, but you've been here long enough, it's okay. You've been, yeah. We, we we've put up with our shit. you to enough. Thank you. Press the like button, because um, you gotta say that, right? Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Share with your grandma. Bam, bam. Yeah. All right. So, the word forward, right? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna get trippy with this. The first part of it, right, is F O R. Mm -hmm. For. Mm -hmm. Right. Then there's the ward. The first thing that I think of when I think of a ward mm -hmm. is a ward, right? Yeah. And then there's a prison ward. These are not the mm -hmm. same. We know this, right? But right, yeah. just the just the, the fact that they have some residue, at least um, harmonically, is that the right word? Yeah. The association. They're just yeah. being a homophone to some extent, right? They're not spelled the same way, right? I, mm -hmm. I hope they're not. That'd be creepy, creepy. Did I find out something? All right. Um, so you have an award that like you mentioned, like you're always like, you know, like artists, right? There's always usually, usually there's accolades to be won. There's the Emmy, there's a Grammy, there's a, there's a list goes on, right? Um, there's the Pulitzer, right? Whatever that keeps moving. And we, we all kind of like go on that trajectory of like, if I get this thing that I'm professional on this, on this, I, I'm, I'm a successful, whatever it is that I'm doing. And I'm respected, right? I think my self-worth is high at this point. But we see what happens when people get those accolades. They're not necessarily happier than they were a day before. They were more happier yeah. on the journey, per se, than actually receiving it. Um, sometimes, no. Sometimes they are. Oh, my God. I, fuck you. This is my time. You know, and they're right, like yeah. That. And that's cool. But I want to go towards the ward part of it, right? If you're in... If you're always on this trajectory of you're never good enough, you're not good enough until you get it, you know, you, you don't even bask in the moment of winning that one thing that you did, that one goal that you did, you're constantly climbing, 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 and you're not never, you're never in the moment, and you start thinking, well, now aren't I, 
aren't I like in a prison of thought here? Aren't I um, putting a, am I lagging? Putting a, a perimeter around my success? Aren't I pigeonholing myself mm -hmm. by always being on that same type of exercise, so to speak, um, and, and never right. and, and never feeling peace of mind, never feeling like a breath, like I could take a breath while I'm doing this kind of a thing, or, mm -hmm. and then like the whole forward, right? The fact that we're always, we're prisoned to always moving forward. And I was thinking like of a map, like if, because every map that we right now currently get, it's very... Um, I would say it's outdated. This is what I mean by this. You have, in real life, right? If I walk around this room, if I were to jot down every dot, it would look crazy after a while. It was like a big, like a kid drew it or something. Like, no, no yeah. shot. Nothing against kids here who can't draw. No shame on draw it. better than me. Yeah. Um, but like, it'll start looking like all over. It'll look like a blob of stuff after a while, right? Mm -hmm. And the same thing with life. You start, like, say, because think, I'll just put my own origin story out there. Like, I was born in Queens. Right, I was I was moved right as a, as a shout out to Queens. Shout out to Queens, and um, I was I was I always tell people like as a joke when I first meet them I say I was I was raised I was um I was born from Queen but I was raised by a king, Kings County. <laughs> so it's right. know, like I don't get it and nice. that's the point. But and um tangent where am I? Uh, back up. Yeah, you turn. There we go. Get into the parking lot. Get into the parking lot. Park the car. Yeah, yeah. Or, or whatever you're driving. <laughs> Where was it? Oh, my God. Said, ah, you lost just, I lost my... Oh, yes. So the map. Every map that you get, like Facebook, right? It always tells you a reminder. It says, hey, um, look where you were a year ago, right? And everything is vertical. When you're scrolling, you're doing a vertical, which is a very linear concept. We have this yeah. concept of everything is linear. And so is forward. Forward is being like progressive and it's always like, it's, it's, it's always something that's really straight line-ish. But there's like a little meme out there that shows you what success looks like. Success is like this, all scrambled up and then like people think success is that. But it's, that's the same concept that I have here is that time, how we view time is, is very troubling, I think, I think in our culture because we don't value it. We, we look at time as a marker. Mm -hmm. Like Mission Impossible, like the like famous American Western movies, right? You'll look, he's always looking at his watch. I got five seconds. He's building a virtual with this building, and I can do X, Y, and Z, and I do X, Y, and Z, and I say today. You're like, what the fuck yeah. are we doing at this point? It's like, it's never about that. It's it's not, and, and I wouldn't say you just go on journeys for no reason. I mean, that's cool. But <laughs> we're not, it shouldn't be something that we have to 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 literally worry about so much we're doing it already you're literally moving around everywhere you go so it's yeah. like, you don't have to worry if you're moving forward you are moving forward just by being you know yeah. just by living you are moving forward you're not dead so you are doing something you're doing something to stay alive and yeah. guess what you don't have much governance over that anyway so <laughs> You know, unless you're trying to create the cure that allows you to drink the fountain of youth and you're, you're able to live forever, I don't know who the fuck wants that if a vampire, but... Definitely not, yeah. I mean, for a vampire, it makes sense, right? But, uh, but maybe that's their curse. But it, just going back to the whole... The way we see things affects us. We know that, right? The way we mm -hmm. interpret the images that come into our minds or create them in our minds... It affects us on an everyday thing. Like, I always ask people this question. They always think I'm crazy for accident. So tell me if I'm crazy. Yeah. I will, no shame here. Um, did you, oh, let me just preface this first with something that's really interesting. At least I think it's interesting. When I was part of the peer mentoring program at the uh, Baromahan Community College, yeah. um, I was part of this program um, that mentored students to just skip them basic help around the school. Like, nothing deep, right? But it turned to be a deep journey for me, which I had no clue that I was on. Like I said, mm -hmm. these are the things that I think that we're always going towards, but we just don't know it yet until we're there. Yeah. And so when I'm here, we had one of the ways that we weeded out people. Um, we would have group, um, we would have a first round interview, which is just one-on-one. -on -one. It's like two of us and one of them interview. Mm -hmm. And we liked them, we sent them to the group interview. The group interview is just to see how they are with other people because they're going to be become mentors, right? So we want to make sure right. that they're good people, right? It makes sense, right? Like if you're yeah. a firefighter, I want to make sure I put you in a situation that's going to be dealing with fire, right? 
right, right. You know, are preventing fires. So now you have this setting where it's a group of mentors, who are inspired mentors who are going to be competing, not competing. This is they, a lot, some people came in there with a comp competitive edge, like I'm going to beat out this group. And that's people we never picked because I'll be honest, we don't need that. Yeah. But what we did look for, one of the exercises that we had was draw a house. We had drawing exercises because my, my, uh, my program director was really into um, children's psychology and just psychology, just the brain. She's very interested in culture and drawing. So one of the exercises that she taught us as to look out for, she said, um, one of the first exercises I believe was there was broken. I think I, I remember this correctly. It was broken up into three parts. The first part was broken up into um, something individual, right? So you could get a sense of who you are. Next one was like yeah. a group thing. And then the last thing was like a reflective piece to it, which I have always was fascinated by this, right? So this one was draw. She, she would tell you to draw certain things. So the first thing she asked you to do is draw a house, right? Okay, draw a path that leads to the house. Draw a tree next to the house, right? She doesn't tell you how to draw it. She says, okay, draw a bug next to the tree. Mm -hmm. And you're like, what the hell am I doing this for? Like, this serves absolutely no purpose. Turns out there's a study, and maybe someone can find out the exact name of it, but there's a study out there that basically surveyed like hundreds of kids, uh, maybe thousands of children, as far as drawing, because that's how they tap into your psyche is via what you draw. You always see in those mm -hmm. horror movies, right? You ever watch yeah. The Ring and they're like, they're like, oh, he's been drawing black circles. He must be yeah, yeah. the demon, you know, something yeah. wrong with him. It, it, it's a reason why it's in that movie because- Yeah, it's always like, who is this mysterious figure that this child <laughs> is drawing, the, right? There must be something wrong, yeah. And it's true, a lot of times our subconscious just leaks through our art. It, it inks through our writing, it inks through everything yeah. that we create, farming, whatever yeah. it is right there. Yeah. So I just, I'll, give away the, the, I'll give away the answer here. So what we look out for is the signs, the signs of what we don't want kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. So one of the signs is, this is a funny one, right? They said if you had a chimney with smoke coming out of it, right? That meant um, there was a high sexual desire that when you drew it, when you drew it. And mind you, okay. I found men and women who've done this. Yeah. That's what the study has claimed. I don't know if this is 100%. Accurate, maybe 80%. But men and women who have drawn chimneys with like that have they were aroused at either during the moment or they were aroused just in general or they were excited because they're around other sexes like oh look at that pretty person over there look at that handsome you know it, that might have been why they're drawing that because remember yeah. when you're subconscious you're letting it all out whether you know it or not you know yeah so but i want to know what dictates that well because they asked, the, they asked, the, they like, asked, how can you get from A to B? They asked, I, I'm assuming that they asked the, the, the participants, not just the children either. I mean, the adults, I hopefully they asked the adults yeah. this question. Um, they asked them about certain things in their life or certain things like that. I asked them, but do you feel like horny right now? Or do you, did you, when you drew this, did you feel aroused by any chance? Or are you thinking yeah. about sex when you drew this? And a lot of yeah. times they will confide with the psychologist and say, holy shit, how did you know that, dude? That's creepy. Yeah. So, oh, that's fucking crazy. So just to come back, because I'm going on a huge tangent, because this is part of it, which is mm -hmm. kind of interesting in my opinion. Um, if you go back um, to, this is the point that I wanted to make. I'm going to land it now. I'm land the plane. Mm -hmm. Everybody, mem I, I don't know if you noticed, but my, Burrow Manhattan Community College was very diverse and still is to America. Yeah. We get people all over the world. And, our program specifically was mostly, uh, we had a nice, nice, large international population in our group. We had undocumented population in our group. We had um, citizens too, but from all different walks of life, you can say different classes even. Um, and to have that mixture, you know, to have that mixture of people, you won't believe, um, I would love to show you the drawings. I, 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 I used to keep them at the, at where I used to work, I used to keep them just, just to remember this, right? They, yeah. they all drew the same type of house with the, with the cookie cutter triangle, yeah. with the base that's square. Mm -hmm. And we, my audience is probably like, where is this going, right? Because I never landed my plane. <laughs> the whole point is that I'm trying to get here is that, A, how do they all come to the same concept understanding of what a house looks like because if i actually what a home looks like you might draw something that's different, different. 
Yeah. You might draw something different, right? You might draw something that means, you might draw something different, let's just put it that way. And yeah. what we were talking about earlier was the fact that um, the word forward, mm-hmm. like we all had this concept of the word forward is, it's a, it's a linear line. Yeah. And the whole thing with how we see a house, how we draw a house, right? Yeah. Just on a basic level, it's the same thing. So I asked my director one day, I pulled her to the side. It was after hours. We ready to finish interviewing Lily. And we talked, we always have a discussion afterwards who we're going to pick and who do we like and do scorecards. Um, and I asked her, I said, hey, not for nothing, would you be willing to share? Like, can you explain to me a little bit more about this information that we just learned about? She's like, sure. So I had two other people yeah. that were also interested that were mentors. And we stood there for like an hour and a half just talking about um about the about like the, the the phenomenon that people draw the same type of house even if you come from a, uh, a place that the houses are not built that way mm-hmm. and i said well how is that possible and then that's when i went on this journey uh, because this is what you're in you know when you find an interest you just indulge in it yeah so I really went on this journey for years mind you even to this point now to figure out what contributes to that and a lot of the findings that i was looking at i mean researching had to do with how do we perceive things, right? What comes into mm-hmm. these eyes? These eyes are basically what I what was learning from a, uh, a a neurosurgeon on one of the podcasts on Joe Rogan's show. He was saying that the eyes, you ever heard the expression, the eyes are the window to the soul? Yeah. Well, there's a reason, apparently there's a real physical medical reason why that is the case because they say that your eyes are actually part of your brain to some degree. They have the same elements of your brain and that mm-hmm. they connect to your brain even though you might be thinking like that's that's weird i don't get that but mm-hmm. they are and even like all these movies that we watch where the demon is always going into someone's like mouth or eyes or, or it has something to do with their perception it makes them go crazy when you say oh you're yeah. going crazy you're not in this world you're somewhere else yeah. same thing with like ufo abduction stories they're always like i wasn't here i was outside my body or being you know it's always outside of yourself or Mm -hmm. really it's inside yourself in this particular regard so my thing is that i've been fascinated about what we consume so when you said that you're on you're scrolling majority of the time you're consuming that you're consuming you're consuming you're consuming and little by little subconsciously it gets back there and Mm -hmm. now our concepts of what marriage is what a house looks like what kind of headphones you should wear what clothes we wear um, how to love, how to hate, how to vote, all that stuff gets streamlined into one thing. Yeah. And it's amazing how powerful this medium is. So right now we're conversating, which is probably like the be- one of the best ways to, to exchange ideas and to, and, and to really, you know, you know, call out people out when they don't make sense or, hey, you're on a tangent or do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But most of our media is not that at all. Most of our media is a, isn't a conversation. It's one-sided. It's biased. It's one direction. Yeah. You just it's going it. in one direction. <laughs> is that a double entendre? One direction the band and one direction moving forward. Look at that. Well, are we talking about one direction the band? I have, I have uh, Zane's a good... <laughs> Zane and Harry are doing their thing. Um, but yes, it's... it's I'm mad that I know their names so off the top of my head, but I can't remember the writer that changed my understanding how to write you know it's amazing what we remember what we don't remember yeah 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 so you you took me down the trippy road so i wanted to i know but like it's it. all so related and so important especially like like when you were talking about the perception thing and how it's connected to our brains that just seems like such a like a no-brainer to me mm-hmm. because even though i don't actively think about the fact that my eyes are maybe physically connected to that part of me I I think about the fact that, and maybe this is just because I'm a visual person, but I think about the fact that like the way I think, what I think and how I think it is always, no matter what, going to be driven, shaped, affected by what I see. And that's just a product of a person who exists in this world that can see, right? nothing is this independent variable that isn't affecting the way you perceive things so of course the fact that I'm usually looking at things most of the time and can see them you know clearly is is gonna have this impact on what I think and how I think it 
and like yeah again it's just like it seems so obvious but because we don't we don't like say it out loud or talk about it then um maybe it's not it's not so obvious um mm-hmm. but this yeah is the point. Again, it's, like, it's it's so close to us that it's like it's the elephant in a room that no one talks about but they know it's there they just yeah. don't really know how to uh maybe uh, have that discourse you know how to mm-hmm. how to really address it without having the elephant mess up the whole house kind of thing yeah you know, maybe we should take the elephant outside feed him some bananas or something you know and just like <laughs> Let him roam around a little bit. <laughs> that way we can really yeah. see what this let's elephant's see, let's all just, about. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's see where the elephant goes. Like, where does the elephant want to go if he wasn't, you know, surrounded right. by walls? Like, right. But that's what we do, though. We they. I, I know this is. I know I heard this. This is. I'm not original by all means, but they call this a cell phone, right? I know it has nothing mm-hmm. to do with being in a prison cell, but. Mentally, it is to some degree. We are yeah. looking at walls all day. We're looking at uh, vertical walls all day. They're, mm-hmm. they're not even flashing anymore. Before, you had to flash to get someone's attention, right? You had to go to Times yeah. Square to see, wow, wow. Now it's like it doesn't even need the flash. It's going so fast. Mm-hmm. You don't even see the flash anymore. It's like yeah. next video, next picture, mm-hmm. next like, this, that. And now we've been conditioned yeah. to like things. Right? We've been conditioned to not like things. We've been conditioned to think in binaries, hot, cold, you know, dwell. Yeah. We're, we're not able to, to do what we're doing right now because it almost takes too much energy from what we were doing prior to that. And, yeah. and, and I, mm, there's a lot to set, be said there without, without being too vague. I think the reality of it is that we define what reality is, right? Yeah. We control what reality looks like because I can because you ever seen positive and negative attitudes right if, if I had a negative attitude right and I wasn't exercising I think because I'm because I think because I just I'm skinny I don't need to like work out like mm-hmm. why do I need to work out if I'm skinny right, right? Yeah. I can think yeah. like that or mm-hmm. I can think like but wait how do I how does my body feel maybe I should mm-hmm. do yoga maybe I should do some boxing you know right yeah I feel so much better when I did that exercise so it's like wait a second I did that same thing with my emotions. I control that, right? My breathing, yeah. I control that. But what happens, which is happening, what happens when you don't have control over those things? And I'm not being sci-fi here. I'm talking about what if you don't have control over how you breathe? Mm-hmm. And I, what I mean by this is like, say you live in a particular area that the air quality doesn't matter how you breathe. The mm-hmm. air quality is shit. The mm-hmm. food that you eat is shit. The education yeah. you get is shit. So you start asking yourself, well, how do I, you know, pull my bootstraps up, as they say, if I don't even have, uh, I don't even have the tools to do it. I don't have the arms to pull those straps up. And it's just very mind boggling to me that, that we're so connected, right? We're so connected. I can literally pick up the phone right now and call somebody from another country, right? Yeah. But we're so isolated at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a real oxymoron and it's that's why the whole social distance phrase the the are, are what's not a phrase what's i'm sorry what's the name well, it should be Slogan. it should be yeah it should be physical distance thank you right? but yeah. most people will be like who cares austin and amelia who, who cares that it's not this and that you're no. just being a real writing asshole right now but no, that think, affects the way you think about it affects right? the way you think about it because if yeah. you said social that's different from physical. We yeah. want physical distance. We don't want social distance because social yeah. distance is going to make people kill themselves and like literally go crazy. Yeah. We don't want that. We if want we people. wanted social distance, people wouldn't be like so about Zoom right now. People yeah. wouldn't be so about calling their friends, texting their friends like that. We are sociable beings. Like even if you are an introvert, you are to some degree a sociable being. Like you, you need yeah. a level of socialization to just exist yeah. as a human, right? As a human being, right? So, of course, like we that, and the and the language does play a huge role in it. Like I don't think that people, people no, people definitely don't think about um the effect that language has on how we think about things, right? Mm-hmm. Because even when you take it back. To the beginning the only way we're able to think about things is because of the language given to us to think about them right Precisely. like like 
maybe if you didn't have the language, you can think about it in in, in images, right? Mm-hmm. I, I've actually been, I've um, read very, very briefly, just like this idea behind the internal monologue, mm-hmm. right? And how, I don't know how you feel, I don't know how, what you feel you have or don't have, but I feel that I have a very strong inner monologue. Like I always have this going on in my head. And I thought that this was a given. Like I thought that that's just the way mm-hmm. that people interacted and engaged with themselves and with the world. And then I read that there is a small percentage of people who don't have an inner monologue. 